Welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network or maybe on the internet. Maybe you're anywhere in the world, but this morning you are listening to the Lawson and... Darren's back again. Yes, the Lawson and Darren show. LD. <laughs> Good to be here. Unfortunately, Lyle is still not with us. Yes, or maybe they are. Step back in again to the studio for this morning, which I was able to do. So, oh, so yes. good, so good. What are you grateful for this morning, Dan? I'm grateful for daughters. Wow, <laughs> I can't resonate with you at all. <laughs> uh, um, I'm but... sure that Shell can. Um, but um, last um, this afternoon, I got some time spent with my daughter. She's um, 21 mm. and she's studying. But wow. wish I'd have a bit of an afternoon where we were able to do something that she wanted to do. Some father daughter time. Having daughters in your life are always special. Yeah. Well, I've got three sisters and... Um, <laughs> I'm not sure well, that quite... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I resonate with the specialness. No, I love my sisters. It's the best. When you, like, grow up, like, when you're growing up with sisters, it's, like, the worst thing ever because you, as the, the boy... You get in trouble Picked for on. everything. You get, like, you're responsible you're for everything. You play dolls and all that sort of well, thing. Well, it wasn't that I'd play dolls. I'd just go and do my own thing. But it was in terms of, you know, our our interpersonal social dynamic is that I would just get in trouble for everything uh, <laughs> by my parents. But then you grow up and then, you know, I can just rock up to any one of my sister's house and they'll just feed me and love me. It's like, oh, that, that's the advantage, like, the sister it's, advantage. It's yes. the best thing ever. Imagine if I had brothers that rock up to their house and like, what are you doing here? Just <laughs> like, fun takeaway. My, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Lawson, can you bring me food? No, my sisters are the best. They're they're doing amazing things. Oh, that's so awesome, man. I tell you what, after a, pretty much like a five-day effort of helping my friend move out, we finished yesterday. That's very and good news. My hands still smell like bleach. Um, <laughs> I smell in the my, studio. <laughs> and my clothes have some bleach stains in them, but you know, such is life. Good to get it done. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, what's happening in positively different news? Because Lyle's not here again, we can talk Olympics. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so amazing. Did oh. you see the swim yesterday yeah. by um, Ariana Titmus and her battle with Katie Ledecky? It was an amazing was race. This, was this a final? I, I didn't catch the Olympics yesterday. Yeah, gold medal busy. swim. Okay. And it was neck and neck right uh-huh. through. And Ledecky was re- leading right through the race. But the Australian, Ariane Titmus came over the top and and won the oh, gold. Go for gold. Australia is killing it. It was amazing. But what's even more vile is not her celebration, mm-hmm. but her coach's celebration gone viral all uh-huh. over social media. Uh-huh. Dean Boxall said his swimmer's blood just um, is right alongside him. It's in his veins and he's right mm. there with them. And... Um, her coach, Dean Boxall's frantic celebration of a triumph um, was just something else to watch. You've got to go Google it, have a look at it. It's just amazing. It's a good old... For those that are um, aged a bit like I am, I'm not that old, but um, I can remember Laurie Lawrence in the stands mm. of years gone by, one of the famous coaches, and his celebrations. This one was over the top. Footage has gone viral showing Boxall screaming in joy, ripping off his mask and flinging his blonde hair around him. Have you ever had to dance for joy like that, Lawson? <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> That's pretty intense. 
Yeah, this is intense joy. Um, much to the shock of a nearby steward who, this is one of the, the Japanese stewards in Tokyo there, who's tentatively trying to say, hey, what's going yeah. on? Calm down, calm down. <laughs> um, Boxwell then grabs hold of the top of a glass barrier, shaking it in the manner of a professional wrestler. Um, he's dancing around and, um, yeah, no one can stop him. He says it built up, Boxwell said, it just built up. We had a race plan and the funny thing is in this situation and under that amount of pressure, she executed it to perfection. Yeah, you got to think, like, the amount of time and work and effort and, you know, planning and preparation, particularly because this has been a five-year Olympic cycle rather than a four-year Olympic cycle. Um, Yeah, this is massive for them. But here's the thing is, Titmus um, trailed five-time Olympic gold medalist, five-time. Mm. So she's a champion. Ledecky's known as the champion mm. in, in the water with this, this race. And current world record holder for the first 300 metres of the race before powering past her in the final 100 metres to win by 0.67 of a second. That's that's a massive margin, too. That's like it for, for swimming. Like, that's dude, right. That's incredible. But to cover the top of the world champion like that, this coach just lost it. Yeah, you would do. This is massive, like, yeah. victory. And wow. that, that's what I enjoy about Olympics is seeing the celebration, the relief, mm. and, um, yeah, and, and, and these come-from-behind wins that are occurring. And, mm. yeah, people just out there doing their best for their country. Yeah, 100%. Oh, that's amazing. What else have you got there? Yeah, I want to change tack and go to Cobram in Victoria. Oh, okay. Yep, this is um, a famous fruit-growing area, and... Um, the problem there is um, growing apples, things like that, and increasing storms have happened over the years, and so the fruit growers are facing increasing trouble to get their fruit to market because it oh, gets wow. damaged in hailstorms, stuff like that. Mm. So a Cobram fruit grower three years ago lost all of his apple crop, to, couldn't send it off to market, said, I can't let this apple crop fall on the ground. And so they imported Taiwanese technology, vacuum turning these, vacuum dryer turning these apples into chips. Mm. So he says now they don't need to lose their entire income and their entire crop anymore. So um, John Mantavoni, his name is, is now able to make crisps not just out of apples, but all other vegetables and fruits as well. Apple chips. I wonder what that's like. I've had like a fair few dehydrated foods before, like dehydrated fruits. Oh, man, I can tell you that dehydrated mandarin is like... Oh, I never tried that. uh, No, it's amazing. It is like, it tastes like lollies. Seriously, like it's incredible. But yeah, no, that would be okay. So apple chips. So they what they vacuum, vacuum dry them. Okay. Taiwanese vacuum dry. I thought you'd like this sort of thing because you're into these sorts of things. Oh, I so. love food. <laughs> yeah, but also I'm um, recycling. Yeah, re- recycling. No, it's all all about it. No, because if you can keep an income, we talked a couple months ago during uh, when they had the floods up the north coast. Um, we talked to a family who had basically in those floods like lost their entire crop of, of vegetables. Yep. And, you know, they had, like, a, a veggie garden. They were doing a delivery service and everything. And because of those floods, like, they lost... They, they were saying they were losing income for the next three, four months. And so to be able to combat that with some kind of alternative, you know, uh, 
alternative business strategy where you're making chips out of your foods instead of like needing them to be fresh, fresh, fresh and undamaged. Well, then that that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And just quickly also, one more good news story. Lots of good news today. Mm. Big shout out to Dee Malik from Chamside in Brisbane, mm. who in the pandemic realised that some of the mothers up in the northern areas of Australia, mm. um, northern Queensland, could not go shopping and could mm. not get to the mm. shops to buy clothes for her their ch- babies, newborn babies. And so she put out a call and she's began um, a charity now out of the pandemic called Friends of Jetta, her daughter. Anybody mm. that gets these clothes is a friend of Jetta. And she's now sending clothes all over the far top end of Australia to mothers for their newborn babies. Wow. So that's the pandemic could cuts us down sometimes, but this is um yeah. pandemic thinking of others and thinking outside the square and doing something with a difference. So Dee Malik is a proud Nerjamal woman and mm. and she is doing this and sending it to all of Jeddah's friends all over the northern end of Australia. Yeah, wow. Good for her. Yeah. These are people that need so much help. But I feel like, you know, I, I find it so inspiring people helping during the pandemic, particularly because of the restrictions on, you know, just shopping, on, whatever autonomy, else you should do. Shopping, like whatever it may be. Also, like, you know, the fact that everyone has all these people like have jobs, like, you know, have lives that are, are impacted by the pandemic. And then they're like, oh, no, but I'm going to spend my time going out of the way for others. That's amazing. It's what I call the pandemic pivot, the yeah. pandemic advantage. Wow. <laughs> the pandemic advantage. It's, in, it's interesting. What are they saying? Times of crisis, the best really That's come out of service. people. And so we are seeing that in Australia in, in small part at the moment. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, let's have a look at some current news. Uh, as we were just talking about the Olympics, you know, we've been uh, following that. It's, like, impossible not to follow. Like, again, this is the highlight of my every four or well, now five years, like, in terms of sports. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, growing up, it was – the TV was on almost 24-7. Our yeah, right? on the Olympics. <laughs> oh, 100%. Like, and, uh, you know, we're looking at the Olympics at the moment. Japan, interesting, is leading the medal tally. I'm, I'm a bit uh, – a bit of a – bit of a conspiracy theory so i'm like maybe they put all the events that they knew they were really good at first so they well, could well, judo and wrestling are right up there at the moment and and they love those ones yeah so. it's like oh <laughs> they've won like a couple medals in skateboarding like they're just doing amazing well they was kinda... a 13 year old girl that won yeah a 13 year old girl won the woman's open skateboarding That's amazing which is, i was talking with someone about this recently about skateboarding that it's essentially like you have all these super young kids who win similarly to gymnastics because I think it's just like the fact that they're small is really good, but also they're because skateboarding is like one of those things where the person who wins is obviously like firstly very skilled, but secondly the one who is willing to risk themselves the most. Uh, and with skateboarding, skateboarding, if you're a young kid, like not many falls so far yeah, in life, and that's with with gymnastics as well. That a, a lot of people have an amazing gymnast- gymnastics career when they're like fifteen. And then no fear that then, age. And then they just grow up and they get worse. Uh, ice skating is similar to that, like just because because of that fear factor, because of that hurt factor, you know. And but ultimately, um, something that we touched on yesterday was like, okay, all these countries are coming together. We're in the midst of the pandemic. 
um, what's going to be the results. And uh, just the ultimate as experiment. <laughs> recently today, a German cyclist, a Dutch rower, and a Portuguese surfer have become the latest Olympic athletes forced to miss competition after testing positive for COVID-19. So despite the fact they're masking up and doing all those precautions, yeah. they're still being passed around. Which is wild. I'm like, are they not distancing? Like, are they... Uh, not, not is it just you know? Are they not distancing? Are they like? Are they going out into the town? Like, if, if I was an Olympic athlete, there, and I don't want to say too much about this because I'm not an Olympic athlete, but you would think that the the logic would be okay. You know, whether you feel good or not, if you test positive for COVID, you're immediately disqualified. Yeah, and you're going to wreck your whole Olympic dream. Exactly, exactly. There. Like, and so it's essentially like you would just be protecting yourself at all costs. I'll be self-isolating. I would, watching, I would be... Watching, like, watching TV. I was literally... I'd be in the hotel room of the Olympic Village, like, with a treadmill, like, just going for it. Like, you know, depending, obviously, what sport I'm doing. But I would not leave until I had to go to the and, competition. And no aircon on. I would have a fan or something. <laughs> no aircon. No outside air. But, yeah, no, these these people, there, and they've all released statements so far, and it's, it's, like, so... It's sad to read. Like, the German cyclist, his name was... Uh, Simon Gershke, he's actually like a Tour de France rider, professional yep. cyclist, you know, coming to the Olympics, representing Germany. Um, and he said, you know, it's really bitter to be taken out of the competition shortly before the race. He's like looking at the race before him, like they're about to get going and all of a sudden like, yeah, he's taken out. Well, you um, wonder if the Tour de France, um, he caught it over at Tour de France, that's just finished. Did he catch it there and mm, brought it over? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> interesting thoughts. And the same thing came from um, Finn... Oh, Love Dutch names. Finn Florchen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, this guy was in the midst of competition, uh, got fourth in his heat in singles rowing, in skull rowing, and, you know, qualified for the, the repercharge of the yep. last chance qualifier. So a good medal contention. So he is essentially like, yeah, you know, it, it, with the, the singles race, it's like, you know, if you get in the top two, you go straight to the final. If you're yep. um, in the top, like, I think it's like the next two go to the to the last chance yep. and then the rest of everyone else goes home. And he had qualified for the last chance qualifier, the rep charge, however you um, call it. And, uh, you know, he's like raring to go. Like, the, literally the next day, he's like, done this, gotten a COVID test, waiting to, you know, this get out there time. the next yep. day and um, qualify for the final and gets a positive COVID test back. <sighs> like, you would just be shattered. You'd just be heartbroken. Um, further than that, I think the one that was really, really tra- tragic was um, there's a guy, he's Portuguese, he's a surfer, he's named Frederico Marais, and he is, like, one of the best surfers in Europe, is always yep. in contention to win the world championship, that kind of stuff. And um, basically, like, he's, like, rocking up at the airport and then gets a text that he's, like, COVID positive and can't get on the plane. Oh, come on, I didn't and, even get there. And so, <laughs> you know, he released statements too saying, like, uh, like and interestingly about his story, like he said, you know, I was very careful. I've been vac- fully vaccinated for over a month, but ended up contracting the virus anyway. Um, I feel fine, and I-, I feel fine, and I'll carry out my isolation, and I'll be following every second of our of our team. But you know, unfortunately, I can't be there myself to compete, and so it's just heartbreaking. Uh, but as well as that, the Olympics have been a little bit controversial. Um, uh, just well, particularly one uh, South Korean broadcast of the Olympics, the main you know national broadcast of of the Olympics in South Korea, um, decided it would be a good idea to you know put um, as their 
you know, uh, all the teams are entering the ceremonies. They'll put pictures along that will kind of represent that team. And yeah. they started getting a bit cheeky with it. Like with Norway, they put a picture of like salmon. <laughs> and with Italy, they put a picture of pizza. And then the Haitian team comes out and they put a picture of rioting. Oh, come on. And then the Ukrainian team comes out and they put a picture of like, you know, a dilapidated Chernobyl. And then the Marshall Islands come out and they say, oh, this is the the U.S. nuclear test facility, the Marshall Islands. And I was... I so they saw this sort of a joke, did they? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they were joking or being intentionally spiteful. Of course, this is probably only airing in South Korea. Like, it's not like the other teams are going to see it and be offended or hurt. Like, they, well, they are now. Because they're out in social media. But <laughs> I'm just... I'm a bit lost for words. You know, South Korea is a very modern country, very first world country. Um, they, yeah, they're just doing this kind of not yeah, a bit of bit of nonsense not in good taste at all not in good taste at all like you know I, like the salmon and the pizza like yeah I can laugh at that that's but... funny but <laughs> then to like point at national tragedy of a country and to identify them with that and, and point that as you know their, their like their, the qualities the character of their country is is a national tragedy in US test facility and stuff like this so come on guys wake up Wake yeah. up. Oh, I just have a short amount of time. I just wanted to mention, I, I, I talked about this um, as we were leading into the show. Essentially, yep. um, the U.S. Court of Appeals in the Ninth Circuit have ruled in favor of Cedar Park Church, proclaiming that the U- the evangelical church does not need to provide health care um, in terms of abortion. Um, oh, wow. Which is pretty, um, pretty intense uh, because essentially the Seattle had made a law Seattle had made a law that um, if you were going to provide maternity care, then you also needed to provide abortion care. Yep. Um, now, this case was thrown out of court initially, and they were like, no, nah, like, we don't want anything to do with this. But the Court of Appeals picked it up and ultimately ruled in favor of them. Uh, the church was being represented by the um, legal nonprofit Alliance Defending Freedom, yep. uh, which is yeah, a, a, a nonprofit legal company who who represents these kinds of cases, and they ultimately made the decision that uh, they fought and they had a defense, and they came out with the verdict that yeah, they you know that no church should be forced to cover abortions, you know, because it's in conflict with their beliefs. So mm-hmm. wow, interesting stuff happening in the United States, particularly in a very progressive area of the United States. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, we've come to our interview section and we have Kate on the phone. Kate, are you there with us? I am indeed. Hello. Awesome. So, Kate, we know you very well on Faith FM. We've we've had you on the show a fair few times. You're hosting all kinds of things. just amazing. Of course, you come and work here in the offices occasionally when you you feel like you want to bless us with your presence. Uh, You you come down. Um, But we've got you on this morning to talk about a program uh, that you're running at your church. Um, so yes. it's called Optimize Your Brain. We actually did this Ooh, training together. I need together, that. I need that. <laughs> we need that, right? Okay. That's uh, how I felt when I heard the title. Let's just get into it. Like, we, let's just ask yeah. some questions. Well, you know, what is this program and, and, and what are you guys planning to do with it? All right. So Optimize Your Brain is a an educational tool. It's mm. not therapy, but it's an amazing educational tool because um, mm. you discover how to improve your frontal lobe, which is where the IQ meets EQ. 
So IQ is uh, your capacity to learn, um, retain, apply knowledge, whereas your EQ is understanding emotions and mm. how to respond to these emotions in, in yourself and others. And so it's, um, yeah, strengthening your frontal lobe, um, uh, you know, getting nourishment to your frontal lobe, um, also, uh, what's it called? Just blood flow, <laughs> which is very important, and straightening out your thinking as well. Mm, okay, so you guys, like you're doing this program, what kind of inspired you to do it? Like what kind of needs did you see and you were like, oh, this this would be a good thing to run? Uh, yeah, well, um, for me personally, I just love you know, understanding the mind and how we think and um, also, you know, personality, um, mm. EQ. Uh, and so for me, it was just the title alone. I just went, yes, please <laughs> pick me. Um, but then when I came to the course, I realized it was so much more than just, um, you know, making me smarter, but it was actually going to make me people smarter and understand how to control my own emotions. Well, not control, but understand and um, just implement things so that I could, um, you know, have self-control and, you know, the character strengths that they talk about, which is, you know, kindness and empathy and, um, should I say self-control? Yeah, probably no. self-control. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say self-control again if I didn't. <laughs> Very much needed in today's society. 100%. It is. So it is. Yeah. What's the what's so this is in program form. You're learning all these things. What's the the layout of this? Like, how does that? How does it work essentially? Yeah, yeah. Well, the director, Neil Nedley, will be on the screen. Uh, so we watch and listen to him for about 45 minutes. And then um, if something exciting happens, we can pause it, <laughs> pause mm. him and uh, just discuss. And then we separate into small groups. And um, we just find that small groups are just a, a more safe way to kind of open up and share and learn and answer questions. Um, and so we do that for roughly an hour. And it's just one night a week for six weeks. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, awesome. I was just going to say, so there's one night a week for six weeks. Can you give us a little bit of an overview? Because I've got it sitting in front of me of some of the, just some of the the topics that you get into and, and what exactly, exactly you'll be doing in those six weeks. I know it's all about optimizing your brain, making your thinking better, but how are they actually achieving that? Yeah, well... Ah, oh, it's it's amazing. Um, can you read some of the things that are in front of you? Oh yeah, so so I've got here session one. You've got enhance your intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in for that one. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> um, session two, nutrition and the brain. Session three, nutrition yeah. and the brain part two. Session four, yeah. enhancing emotional intelligence. Session five, enhancing emotional intelligence part two, um, and. Um, Session six is enhance your intelligence part two. So it seems like it's bookended by enhancing intelligence. Enhancing intelligence. On both sides. So you're listening to Neil Nedley. Um, So what's his background? Like, you know, what makes him qualified? Yeah, yeah. He's a medical doctor um, and he specializes in internal medicine, especially um, gastro. Enterology, mental health, lifestyle medicine, and patients that are difficult to diagnose. And I mm. love that one because people would come to him with all kinds of issues and he would realize that 
they all had something in common and that was stress, mental health issues. Um, and so that made him just research a lot and now he's become an expert in mental health um, and, you know, he's the only doctor that many of his clients uh, have have heard ask, you know, what do you eat? And they're like, what, what's that got to do with my depression? <laughs> it's like, well, actually, oh, <laughs> a wow. lot. Um, yeah, but he also runs the Weimar Institute, which is a uh, 10-day mm, well program. Yeah, well known. Yes, yeah. Yeah, very well known. And uh, people crawl in and jog out, I like to say. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, but basically, <laughs> it's for um, people with, yeah, depression, anxiety. Uh, they come, some some are just sleeping 17 hours a day. Um, some, you know, don't want to join in anything. But um, I think it's a pretty rigorous program with lots of exercise, um, a, a diet that's that's very catered to what they're lacking in, in their um you know, body and brain mm. chemistry. <laughs> so, you know, lots of tryptophan and tyrosine, rich foods, omega-3s, um, greens. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly what else happens, but um, it's a pretty amazing program. Um, also, Neil Medley also created the Depression and Anxiety yes. Recovery Program. So uh, listeners may have heard about that. Um, it's run all David over Howell. Australia. Yep. It's run yeah, yeah. Yep. yep, it is. And I think it's changed thousands of lives, so quite amazing. So this is a smaller program uh, than depression and anxiety recovery, uh, and but it does cover a few of the same topics. So, mm. Yeah. So there's a little bit of overlap there. Obviously, like this program, it seems from what you're saying and, and from what I understand is that it's, it was born out of depression recovery, but kind of has, yeah, that yeah. different spin on it of like, oh... Make you smarter, yeah. make you more well-adjusted, you know, not yeah. necessarily dealing with uh, problems like depression, but just kind of more focusing on the solutions and making you better as a as a person. Yeah, yeah. and if I'm honest, it's easier for someone like me to, to go to it because I don't want to admit that I have any mental health issues <laughs> <laughs> to the other people that might be there. But with this, it's like I just want to be a better person. Oh, yes, sign me up. <laughs> mm, awesome. And so, so you guys are going to be running this at Hamilton Church. Hamilton, yes. And Where is that? It is 105. Lindsay Street, Hamilton. It's the corner of Steel Street and Lindsay Street. Big church, you can't miss it. Oh, obviously, a big park um, there. There's a big park. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Gregson Park. Yep. Mm. Uh, and it's running from six thirty. Uh, well, tonight is the information night, so come mm. along tonight at six thirty um, if you possibly can, uh, and you'll learn all about what we're, we're doing. Okay, for the so program. so information night is that like it's not like session one? That's something. Before? No. That's right. So uh, you just um, find out about the resources and um, you sign up <laughs> um, and, yeah, just make a commitment to kind of work on yourself. Does it cost me anything? Tonight doesn't cost anything. The only thing that will cost is um, the resources that you choose. So it doesn't have to cost anything, but we do recommend the resources because then you can, you know, go home and do your homework at the end of the session and um, read the textbook, which is actually life-changing. I'm reading it myself and just going, wow, lots of slaps in the face, but it's okay <laughs> because, um, yes, I'm, you know, being awakened to um, areas that I need to improve, but there's also the answers as well. So it's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the textbook, uh, Lost Art of Thinking, uh, written by Dr. Neil Medley, is 
Oh, phenomenal. And so we also have a workbook and there's a CD that you can purchase as well um, just with uh, music that kind of helps to restore your frontal lobe. Oh, dude, that's awesome. No, when you were saying that, it made me laugh because, um, so I was in attendance of the training with you and uh, yep. I had some of my friends there too from my church, uh, Hannah and Maureen. And lately we've all been doing the optimizing, right? Like eating flax seeds and like, yes. <laughs> very good for your brain. All, all that kind of stuff. Um, Amazing. And, uh, obviously, uh, as well, well, not obviously, but m- maybe some people knew. Well, uh, we're going to be there too. So I'm going to be there tonight as well at the information Yay. night. We're going to be helping out. It's going to be really, really awesome. Does program. it cost me anything? No, for the information it's free. night, you just show up. Okay. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Just show up. So just show up. So, yeah, guys, uh, hey, can you give us that address just one more time? Yes, it's 105 Lindsay Street, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, Lindsay Street, Hamilton, and it's the corner of Steel Street and Lindsay Street, mm. 6.30 tonight. Awesome. All right. Well, if anyone is listening in the Newcastle area, I will see you there. This will be an amazing program. Kate, thank you so much for joining us this ah, morning. Thank you. And uh, we're going to. Thanks s- for having me. Yeah. Awesome. We're going to continue on with the show now. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.